The Cups and Cakes Network presents Inside the Artist Studio. The interview you're about to hear was originally recorded August 5th, 2019. To find out more about Cups and Cakes, visit them at cupsandcakespod.com. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. What you're about to hear may contain filthy language and adult content. Listener discretion is advised. John Common is the recording moniker of Edmonton's Jim Cumming. Under this name, he's released four full-length albums and three EPs. His music has garnered him critical acclaim within Alberta, where he's known as one of the province's most beloved songwriters. His fifth studio album, Crawl, which was produced by Chris Dadge and features a slew of Calgary's finest musicians acting as his studio band, is a beautiful work of art that will no doubt disassemble his title as Edmonton's best-kept secret. Join me today to talk about the album and more is Cups and Cakes favorite John Common, aka Jim Cumming. Welcome to the show, Jim. Hey, Jeff, how's it going? Pretty good. How are you doing? Yeah, doing good. It's a nice day out. There's no rain. It's just well, a great day to be alive. Holiday Monday. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, okay, well, first, I think we got to talk about Crawl. Uh, the album has been a long time coming. Um, how does it feel to finally get it out? Uh, feels wonderful. Uh, it's always fun these projects when I'm uh, with someone else that I can feel like uh, it's not just my little baby. Like it's a you know I want to I'm I'm happy to get the work out because I want everyone to hear how great what a great job Dadge did. Like my uh, I guess we'll talk about that. But yeah, my, yeah. my collaborator. Um, when it's your own when you do it all in your own like the last one was just a little pet project yeah so that it's a different kind of dynamic so um, yeah i'm really excited to uh, for everybody to hear it i think it's i think it sounds great yeah so do i um i've been lucky enough to to have it for a little while because of a a tour you did in japan where we just happened to meet each other and you're selling the the japanese version of it so i scored me a copy way before everybody else i'm really happy you got that that was <laughs> yeah i know it was a it was a long night um we'll come back to japan right now i want to talk Talk about uh, Chris Dadge. Um, he is not only known as a great producer, but uh, he's known as a great musician, uh, member of Lab Coast, touring member for Chad Van Galen, and always. I was curious how you ended up hooking up with him to do this album. It was, I don't know where I met Dadge. I just must have seen Lab Coast at Wonder Bar or something. Um, yeah, I must have just seen him at Wonder Bar over the years and just sort of gradually got to know him. And yeah. um, uh, Faith Healer did some dates. Back when I was with Faith Healer, we did some dates with Van Galen. Um, so it was, that band was the trio. It was Van Galen and Ryan Bohr on the bass and then Dadge on the drums. And so that was kind of where I first got to really chat with him and, and really get to know him. And yeah. uh, and just I would see that he, he would play... Shortly after that, he came on tour with Crystallize. He played bass with Crystallize. Oh, that's right, yeah. So he, I just sort of got it in my head that, right, he produced other people he'll and I could sort of hear the sort of dad sound you know kind of thing that that uh, he had something going on he had his own studio yeah and I was just kind of think you know I did the 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 love I need love record was really it was a long you know I just sort of hacked it together myself and it was this long long thing and yeah and I just kind of remembered how fun it was when I did 
the 99 record with my buddy Eric Chang and that just to have someone you're in the studio just two people you can both be multi-instrumental you can both toss ideas around and to just kind of it was really fun it's really satisfying and it doesn't feel like work like with any love it was just like I gotta get this stuff tracked <laughs> get it all tracked the studio disappeared because the the building disappeared yeah and then once that's done there's a whole bunch of wave files I have and I just kind of edit it all mix it all hack through that it was really task oriented yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, not much fun process. <laughs> so with this, it was really, I really looked forward to that. And he turned out he, you know, he, I think he liked my stuff from years before. And we were kind of mutually on the same page. And um, so, yeah, I just, and I thought, you know, going down to Calgary, it's not that far. It'll be fun. Just a fresh change of pace. I've never gone anywhere else to record before. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I thought, yeah, why not? It'd be fun. Fun to try. And it ended up just way better than I ever could have hope for it was such a great experience nice um you mentioned kind of at the top when you first were talking about dadge uh that it, you guys were kind of a collaboration is that how you see this record i was just curious how much he put in and how much you put in and it, it ended up being very similar to the 99 record like i came in with the songs um and I have, you know, usually when I write, I'll have the ideas for what the feel is going to be, what the drum feel is going to be, what the sometimes specific kind of bass parts or, you know, yeah. certain things. I, I try as I go along not to overwrite it before we go to the studio. But, yeah, I had, there's certain ideas. And so I had, um, uh, I went and did some demos with my buddy Emily at her studio, uh, Bitter North, and uh, just to, so just, you know, crappy guitar, crappy vocal and just crappy drums just to have the feel because I I don't know I get protective about I just have you know I, f I feel like it's obvious but sometimes I like to just do it just to, to <laughs> as a dem as a template yeah but that being said I mean I knew going in the dad is like one of the best drummers in Canada and yeah. now I'm convinced he's the best in, in the country <laughs> and as, as you know I'm thinking like am I gonna like usually I play everything I play all the drums and and you know maybe the odd part here and there with someone else but yeah but I was like, well, I should be open to the idea that he'll be doing the drums. And, <laughs> and I had no idea how multi-instrumental he was. All that Lab Coast stuff, he's 50-50 with David. Yeah. You know, he's doing... Because he, he's really only... He's like an absolute world-class percussionist. Yeah. And then he's just kind of a jack-of-all-trades at everything else. Yeah, yeah. But really everything else. If he's like... If he can hear like... Some kind of violin. He'll just pick up the violin, and he doesn't play it like a master, but he just kind of gets some cool sounds out of it. He's not afraid of. He did some guitar solos on this album, you no know, way. which he's never done before, and the <laughs> you know the crazy wacky Neil Young guitar solos. But um, so yeah, we would go in and and just like with with uh, uh, with Cheng with the '99 album, we would lay it down, and he we would usually start with like the drum like I would I would have the basic scratch track and he would just kind of hear it and feel it out and his instincts on the drums just kind of went with what I thought anyway and just improved upon it yeah and he's so receptive he would nail it in you know two takes or something with all the way all my stops and starts and changes and whatever and and we would just go from there and if he had a bass part in mind he would play the bass if I had a bass part in mind I would play the bass and you know I'm more proficient on guitar than he is so I would do a lot of the guitar stuff but yeah yeah I mean there's one part you know, there's a solo at the end of, of one of the songs and he like sang the solo at me. We we worked on it together note for note where he, he would like <laughs> sing it and I would play it and we would just figure out the part. So it was just a lot of fun like that, like, you know, and you know, he would hack on some keys, I would hack on some keys. It was just a really is like I feel like it's fifty fifty. I always give just like with, with Eric, like I would give uh, the arranging, like fifty fifty co arranging. Like yeah. you know, I wrote the songs but like they sound the way they sound out of that process of 
of uh, just each of us kicking ideas in. Nice. So it was really rewarding. I find it really fun to yeah. do that rather than just cling to I need it to be, you know. Exactly the way yeah. I want it. Yeah. Yeah, the Kubrick, the Stanley Kubrick <laughs> impulse. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I, it's, it's satisfying, but it's way more satisfying to just riff with someone. Nice. Especially when you're on the same page, you know. So I guess another thing uh, about working with Chris Dadge is he knows a lot of people in Calgary and... Oh, he's like Mr. Calgary. <laughs> like, hanging out in a sled with him is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Like, he literally can't walk down the street. Like, and it just, it's just, it feels organic. Like, he's not, like, laying it on thick. It's just like, oh, yeah, hi. It's good to, and he's, like, pleased to see everybody. And yeah. Everybody's pleased to see him. And So, uh, with that Rolodex that comes with uh, working with Chris Dadge, you were able to bring in a lot of Calgary's finest musicians for this record. I was curious uh, if you could talk a little bit about who you brought in and kind of what they what they put to the record. Yeah, I mean, I wish I could have brought in more. There's so many talented people who I know over the years. It just kind of morphed organically out of what his world is and, you know, his, his friend base. So a lot of, you know, I've got like most of the band of Lab Coast out yeah. there. There's singer <laughs> David, who's a great singer. I've always admired him and his sax. He, we got him on some sax. Um, and, uh, you know, bass player Ryan Bourne. Ryan's a great inst- multi-instrumentalist. He has his own projects as well. He's going to have a record coming out in the next couple of years. Oh, cool. Um, and so we got him on some vocals. And then, yeah, uh, Chris's partner, Sam, who lives in the, in the house, Samantha Savage-Smith. Yeah. Amazing singer. So, again, I wish I could have got everybody on more stuff. But it just kind of as you go along, it's just like, oh, right. It, I guess we could have some extra vocals here. <laughs> I don't really think in terms of vocal harmonies that well. So this is my yeah. most harmonic album to date. There's like three or four songs with vocal harmonies. Um, and then, yeah, with Dadge, Dadge brought up early. Like, I've been a huge fan of, of Van Galen for years. Yeah. So I, I never really imagined that I would ever <laughs> like reach out to him, but you know, Dad was really good about it. That he's like, maybe I'll maybe I'll float this to to chat, see what he says. And and I was like, you know, it's pretty early on in the process, so I was just kind of like, oh, cool, man, whatever, you know, yeah, trying yeah. to play it cool. But, and uh, <laughs> so he brought and and like Chad famously doesn't really like he doesn't leave the house, like he doesn't go out. So uh, we knew we'd have to like bring it to him and and Dad would and and I didn't even know what it would be, but Dad kind of sussed out on his one song really kind of slow long song um that maybe some i don't know whose idea it was to do pedal steel if it was dad's or, or chad's but but yeah so chad came up with this but apparently chad was like he was hemming and hawing about it but once he said he's like you don't have to come here you can just do it and mail it in <laughs> then he was super on board and uh and actually i ran into him met him for a second time uh, a few months after that when they came up was it they played in january 2018 so we were sort of halfway through the record at that point yeah so he he seemed very enthusiastic about it when so I saw he him did there. the pedal steel he did that pedal steel oh. and it's a cool wacky sounding pedal steel it i didn't is. even know he played pedal steel neither did i he's another one of these people who just kind of will take on he's not really fearful about it he's he has a confidence that he can get some cool sound out of whatever he puts his hands on and so far it seems to to work you know nice um, and it really helped it was i remember hearing that for the first time just how unexpected just from the idea that he would do it and then to hearing it it was a very exciting little moment and it's and it improves the song a lot and it sounds so interesting and you get sounds that i don't think other pedal steel players would ever get and yeah um it's one of those moments when you, you listen to the record for the first time and it comes on you're like whoa and you your yeah. ears kind of perk up that's like, kind of wow. how i thought yeah yeah, yeah it's really cool yeah it was really neat like what a cool what a cool thing to do 
So the album was not only released here in Canada, um, here, right. here in Canada by <laughs> Double Lunch, of course, but uh, it got picked up by a Japanese label called Moreworks, and I was just curious about how this all happened. Complete fluke on my part. <laughs> um, so I've known about Moreworks for a while. They put out the, uh, uh, the last Faith Healer record, Cosmic Troubles, um, and there was sort of talk that we would go there, but it just it's obviously very expensive to go to Japan. Um, our friend Jenny, who was in Faith Healer, she did a, a tour with the band Tops, so they worked yeah. with so that was that company. They their company more works. It's this guy Yuya, and he has a lot of employees. Um, you know, shout out Yuya and Aiko and Yoshi, <laughs> everybody. Uh, they uh, they just like really really like Western bands, and they bring Western bands over and put them on tour. And they part of their thing is that they'll put the CD out. Um, the CD thing is huge in Japan. Yeah, the, the vinyls there's there's you can sell a bit of vinyl, but it's mostly yeah the CDs are big and. Um, and yeah, they really, they're really receptive to, to Western, like indie rock bands, I guess. Uh, and just all sorts of stuff. Like, like yeah, we saw on that tour, we saw tons of different kinds of music. But um, but yeah, so it just sort of, yeah, how did it happen? So we yeah, they were on our radar. Uh, a buddy of mine, Jesse Northy, had some grant money that he uh, had to get rid of. And I just sort of got swept up. There was four bands, Amy McGrath and Astral Swans. Uh, Matt Swan had already been out there. Um, so he sort of made the introductions, and uh, and uh, you know Jesse sort of helped lead the way. And I I don't know, like I told Jesse at one point, like this is getting really costly, and like it pains me to say this, but I know and you know that you don't need me there. <laughs> so like I'm happy. Let me know what I can do to help, because. Uh, but like you know, if you got it, but he's like, no, no, it's all good, and like I want you there, and it's all good. So really, just the grace of God and uh, grace of Jesse Northey. So <laughs> you know, sometimes I should just spontaneously text Jesse all the time, just say thank you, Christ. <laughs> what a great uh, trip. That was just a. It was I. I. It's been a few months now, and there's still times where I just remember it, and just like that doesn't seem real. Like it was so bizarre and amazing it was just the most amazing trip it was the best you know so we went on tour four bands we went on tour for three weeks all up and down 18 different cities like you know three of the three of the four islands um it was just a really special experience so yeah they more works had the exclusive they asked for one track but i said how would you like the whole album (laughs) no one's heard it yet yeah so yeah they have this uh, japanese cd and and uh so they they heard it before anyone. They heard it first. That's amazing. Yeah. And yeah, you you would happen to be vacationing there at the time. It was crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when you put that <laughs> post on Instagram, I just looked at it, and then I looked at our itinerary, and there was one spot where we overlapped. So yeah, it was it was destined to be. Of all the places on earth, we we're there in Matsumoto. Yeah, I know. In the mountains, <laughs> and it was right in. Was that this during cherry blossom season? It was. Yes. Yeah, yeah and that's why we so were beautiful. there. Yeah. Oh, so beautiful. That was one of my favorite spots. Like, like, really give me a little more yeah yeah and you know what it was a l- lot more laid back um than some of the cities and it wasn't as crowded and oh yeah, yeah it's, it was it's really a dream. nice did you go to the castle yes of course oh my goodness beautiful this is just beautiful. turning into a tour of the mat, <laughs> but you should all go, go to matsumoto so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. um okay so in regards to that tour how do you feel like japan is different for touring than than north america I mean, I can't speak because we had a very specific experience. Okay, that was my first kind of proper tour where there's like a tour manager and they're booking the dates for us and they're booking hotels and okay and you know we really felt like rock stars. I mean, I would wake up in the morning <laughs> in like a nice hotel, like pretty nice hotel, um, and um, I mean nicer than what I could afford here. You yeah, know? yeah. 
and um, we, you know, it's like make sure we're in the lobby. You know, lobby call at 10 a.m. usually, and could we check out at 10 usually? And you know, get to, get to the train station, buy a can of coffee from the vending machine, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. and um, <laughs> get some uh, you know uh, rice rice balls for the for the train ride. And then you just go, you check into the hotel, you get to, you know, like there are some major differences. So like sound check will be in the afternoon at like oh, three or four. Really? And everyone gets a sound check. Somehow everyone's there. Yeah. Um, the, I've, I've been telling That would never happen here. Oh God, no. <laughs> Usually I don't get a sound check. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, um, and then like, oh, there's so many differences. Like, it's actually amazing. It's kind of my ideal as I get older. Like, I still want to do stuff, but I'm tired, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it would be like, there's like six bands on the bill, but the first band starts at like six. Yeah. Or 6.30. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, if there's six bands, that you each have a half hour slot, and it's like on the dot, like famously in Japan, like they are on schedule. Yes. They, somehow with all the things going on, all the people, they just find a way to make everything go on schedule, which... For Edmontonians, I mean, I, just the other day, I was waiting for the bus just to go one <laughs> kilometer, you know, to go five kilometers through Edmonton. It was just a joke, you know. So yeah, half an hour on the dot, bang, bang, bang. You have a, you see tons of music. Everybody, just like with Europe, everybody's really quiet and respectful. Yeah. yeah. Um, not huge crowds. I mean, the, actually, the show you're at in Matsumoto was a pretty bumping show, um, but everyone's really respectful and engaged, and they'll always give you a shot. You know, they yeah. always want you to to hear what you have to say, which again is like night and day. In North America, we just don't care i know i've had people pay i've had people like ask me for an encore and then i go to encore and they're all talking with my encore i'm like i don't have to be here you want to be here like this is weird but you know you go five thousand kilometers or whatever and they'll give you a chance you know and that's what i thought was amazing. so amazing yeah it's so beautiful it and then dead quiet dead quiet yeah. so respectful and then what i love is that it's over at 9 or 9 30 yeah you've had a full night of music and then you hang out and socialize and party yeah. and then you go somewhere else and have stage two of the party and you go to you know the izakaya and you eat and you drink yeah and it's like have this crazy wild night and then you get home to your hotel and it's like one yeah and then you go to sleep for eight hours and then you get up and do it all over again and it's, it's like perfect. it's not like you have to sleep for like four hours and drag yourself out of bed because it's like, oh, we got 12 hour drive to Thunder Bay tomorrow you know none of that yeah. they thought we were crazy because we took an 8 hour we went from Matsumoto to Kochi which is pretty far Yeah. and they thought we were nuts and we're like well it's 8 hours of travel it's kind of far but it's not, not that, that far bad. but in Japan I mean just it seems like they don't tour that much it seems, the distances seem larger to them they yeah. don't because we would ask them oh you tour around they're like yeah we'll go to the next town you know if you're in Osaka you'll go to Nagoya and vice versa Yeah. but not really and everyone will go to Tokyo here and there but like Someone from Matsumoto will never go to her in Kochi, which yeah. is like, I mean, it's far, but it's not that far, you know? Like, it's like from here to Vancouver or something. Yeah. Which is just a totally, or actually shorter, frankly. It's yeah. a lot shorter. <laughs> yeah. So, a lot of differences. I, th- I thought it was amazing. And, and the culture, and the country, and the people are just so beautiful. I had a wonderful time. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, speaking of tours, I was curious. Obviously, you got a brand new record just came out. Uh, do you have plans in the works or already done for? for touring this this album totally yeah yeah um doing bringing the band out uh full band tours doing uh got a uh, 10 days or so out west okay um to the island and back yeah and uh and then so that's pretty much all set and then um at the end of september we're flying flying the band out to go to pop montreal so we're gonna go to pop oh, montreal nice. and then uh yeah hopefully we got a bunch of dates in ontario a few in the maritimes that's still kind of gluing together yeah um so yeah i'm pretty excited I, i've always it's been a few years since i've been out there um 
and certainly I've never I've actually never been with a band I've never been with a band I, th- I want to say east of Edmonton yeah yeah I've never been with a band east of Edmonton so that'll be exciting like not even Saskatchewan no wow I just okay. never got around to it <laughs> I don't know why I just never got around to it um, so yeah I'd like to that'll be that'll be exciting I think it'll be really really good very exciting um, okay so albums out got your tour planned um say 2020 you got any anything kind of in the works yet are you thinking that far ahead no this is the first time since i started that i the album will be out and i don't really have anything else i got a couple of songs kicking around but that's about it yeah usually i've got like usually by now i'd have the whole you know 12 songs <laughs> ready ready in my head you know maybe not recorded yet but like super ready to go yeah and i just don't even know now so it's kind of weird i kind of want to i'd like to just spend some time and work on stuff um i was thinking about maybe doing like a uk tour i don't know we'll see that's that requires a lot of planning but yeah yeah for sure but, um, yeah i don't know i actually don't know right now huh. it's kind of exciting to have limitless possibilities that's a good way to look at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. We'll put a positive <laughs> spin on it. Not, not horrible despair. <laughs> All right, Jim. Um, that's kind of it for the questions about the record. So what we do on the second half of the interview is a rapid fire, and these questions are kind of geared more towards getting to know you um, rather than, you know, the music. So I'll start it off with the one that most people find the hardest, and then it should just be a breeze after that. Okay. <laughs> the, the first question is, what album sparked your love of music? Well, there's no one album. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's... I could I can list some things that I heard when I was young. I remember hearing uh, "Endless Summer" by Beach Boys. Like I think it's a compilation. Yeah, uh, a lot of the early Beach Boys stuff. I love the cover art. When I was I remember I was like five years old. Yeah, very young, uh, and the cover art is really cool, uh, kind of tactile, like wacky cover art. Yeah, and I just loved. I mean, yeah, first time you hear those Beach Boys melodies, it's like it's like learning what music is. It's like getting a musical education, uh, and then you know, just like good good foundation and like the early rock and roll like my parents had like the american graffiti soundtrack that oh kind yeah of stuff yeah just that i heard it again recently and just realized how how much i love that stuff from a deep level uh it's like playful and it's actually kind of weird and fucked up yeah and yeah. but also very beautiful and and uh yeah again the harmonies are so wonderful the hooks like the pop hooks like it's it's yeah that stuff so yeah probably you know some of that stuff just get you early pop music that really gets you tap your toes but it's also really beautiful you know nice what's your current musical obsession uh, I'm always fighting with how to get into stuff. I don't have an obsession right now. We were just talking about Proto Martyr, the sort of the latest thing that I've sort of grasped onto. Um, but yeah, Relatives and Descent is already a couple of years old now. Yeah, um, yeah. I just finally listened to Teenage Fan Club. I'm very late, late to the party there. Just yeah. looking at a lot of old stuff that I never have seen before. Yeah. Um, yeah, what's the album? Bandwagon esque. Um, and uh yeah i don't know i don't have any obsessions at the moment i'm always looking for the next fix but i haven't fair enough uh i don't know i just heard a song from Haim the other day that's quite good i forget what it's called like summer girl or something okay it's really awesome it's great sax thing yeah just wherever i can find it just little bits here and there you know nice burgers or pizza Oh, probably. Usually it ends up being burgers. Okay. But, but a pizza is a beautiful... Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I feel like the good answer is pizza. It, you know, the, the answer is which burgers and which pizza, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, coffee or tea? 
Uh, definitely coffee. Tea, tea is for when I'm sick. Coffee is for everyday living. How do you take your coffee? In the morning, I'll just go black because I don't feel like carrying creamer at the house. But if I'm out, I'll always have a bit of cream or milk. Okay. What's the best movie you've seen recently? I'm doing too much TV lately, but the other day I saw uh, Mandy, that, the movie Mandy. with It's made by this Victoria filmmaker, uh, uh, Cosmos uh, Panatos? No, what's his name? Yeah, no, Panos Cosmatos. And, uh, um, uh, yeah, it's this crazy, like, mid-budget, like psycho sci-fi horror thriller with with uh, Nicolas Cage and uh, this, these like you know cult leaders and these like otherworldly monster bikers and one of them's got like a sword penis and it's like <laughs> and this crazy heavy soundtrack with like it's the last thing Johan Johansson got to work on okay and they got the guitarist from Sun O for a bit of it and it's just this insane crazy movie it's pretty pretty sweet alcohol or marijuana Oh, definitely. I'm more into drinks than than the, than the weed these days. What's your drink of choice? Oh, usually just like a basic beer and you know some whiskey. Nice. Sometimes. What's the best thing to happen to you on stage? Uh, if I can get through a set that's without any major uh, train wrecks and uh, don't feel like puking at the end, you know, <laughs> uh, that's always good, you know. I thought you were going to say having two drummers set up at... Yeah, that was that amazing. That was so cool. I was just about to puke the whole time. I was so nervous and we didn't get... That was a thing, like the biggest thing I've ever done and there's no sound check because I'm in the middle. Yeah, yeah. But somehow, you know, I, I forget the name of that uh, sound check, but you know, sing his praises for the end of time. Nice. You really whipped us together for that. Yeah, that was incredible. What's the worst thing to happen to you on stage? Oh, just probably any time the gear doesn't work well or, you know, I for, you know I just get too nervous and forget the words or something. Yeah. You know, it still happens once in a while, you know, so you're never quite, <laughs> quite over it. Uh, cake or pie? Oh, shit. That depends on the day. Yeah, let's say pie, sure. How many pets do you have and what are their names? Currently, I don't have any. Although, I don't know if I just still count. I've sort of bequeathed my... I had a turtle when I was a kid. Yeah. And when I moved out of the house, I just couldn't take it with me. So, I kind of bequeathed it to my parents. And a while ago, I, or at the time, I was like, you know, I told them I can... Because it's hard to take care of a turtle. It's just a lot of stuff going on. So, I was like, I can... You know, we can get a new owner if you want. And, but they, they wanted to keep her. And, and recently, actually, the... Uh, turtle so scaly is the turtle <laughs> she's 23 now and uh, uh yeah recently uh, uh like the vet because they bring her to the vet once in a while the vet like wanted to show her x-rays and show her info at the, at the you know the industry like reptile convention or whatever okay as like a good example of like a you know healthy because usually they don't live that long in captivity so oh I'm, like pretty stoked nice so go scaly what's the strangest job you've ever had Oh, wow. I've had some weird ones. Um, strangest. Most of mine are pretty just dumb. Let's see. I cut keys for a while. I was a janitor for a while. I got to drive the Napa uh, auto parts car for oh, a while. Yeah, yeah. Napa delivered with the little hat on it. That yeah. was pretty sweet. Um, <laughs> that might be the... No, what was the weird... Yeah, that's probably the weirdest, yeah. What was your favorite childhood toy? Oh gee, I was very toy oriented when I was a kid, so it was changed all the time. GI Joes are pretty perennial, um, you know. Transformers are pretty pretty perennial. The little just nice good old little green army men. Oh yeah, tons of those. I yeah. had so many of those. So fun. Yeah. Uh, who's your favorite superhero? 
I, I did, at one point I read all of them. Um, you know, Batman held a special place, but I followed Spider-Man for the longest time. So it was probably Spider-Man back in the day. But today I don't really care. But I watch all the movies, but I, I feel, I feel guilty because I think they're stupid. <laughs> but I enjoy them anyway. Yeah. I feel like I put my money in when I was a kid on all the comic books. I like paid my dues, so now I can talk shit about them for the rest of my life. <laughs> I've, I've earned the right. Well, they are silly, but they are supposed, but they are fun, and that's what they're supposed to be. I always have a good time. Yeah, that's what they're supposed to be. Beatles or the Stones? Uh, Definitely Beatles. I mean, I love the Stones, but it's a you know, I was a it was a Beatles household when I was a kid, and and I just think they they're more rewarding for me at least. Like, yeah, I love there's some there's some Beatles Stones that I love more than other or some Stones songs that I love more than other Beatles songs, obviously, and. But uh, you know, like the best Beatles, uh, the best Stones song is better than the worst Beatles song yeah, for sure. Yeah. But no, definitely a Beatles kind of guy for okay. sure. Okay. Excluding your hometown, what's the best Canadian city to play? I was talking about this with someone. I mean, it's all very. It, it applies to playing, but it also applies to like touristing stuff. It's just like wherever you can find a good experience and some good people. You know, that's where you're gonna want to go. So I've had a really great time in uh, in like Guelph and in London, Ontario, and you know, Ottawa and Victoria and stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't know what the best one. I mean, if, have I been pretty lucky? I've had good experiences in a lot of places. Nice. Yeah. What's the worst? One time I played in Kingston to, and I'm sure Kingston's lovely. One time I played in Kingston to like ten people, and they were all like. It was like an art collage party, so they're all just looking down, making collages, and they're not paying attention. Oh yeah! And at the end of the day, and I didn't, <laughs> and the person who set up the show wasn't there because there was a festival or something. It was just bad yeah. timing. And at the end of the day, it was like, so we collected, you know, twelve dollars and quarters at the door, and I was like, okay, great. And they're like, but there's the fifty dollar room rental. Did they tell you about that? And oh I was like, man! He did not. They're like, well, we'll waive that for you and keep this dirty sock full of quarters. <laughs> I was like, okie doke. <laughs> But you know, one guy. So one guy bought a tape with some loonies and toonies. Yeah. So I walked back to the. I was just staying in the hostel. I walked back to the hostel and just like had dinner out of the vending machine. <laughs> and I just made a night of it. <laughs> I ate like a king out of the vending machine. It was great. And if I remember correctly, I just pulled up by my computer and just watched uh, Beatles anthology. Actually, no <laughs> with way. The no I was way. Like, you know what? Take lemons, make lemonade with this thing. <laughs> Well done, sir. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> What's your biggest pet peeve? Uh, biggest pet peeve? Oh, gee. I mean, catch me on the wrong day and, like, everything is irritating to me. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't think of any right now. I mean, uh, just, like, when I have to go, uh, you know, at the moment, so just dri- biking here, just, like, construction stuff, anything related to, you know, if I have to, like, cross the street the other way because it's closed down. Yeah. The next day you come and it's the opposite. Yeah, yeah. God damn it, pick one. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, I don't know. Give me one of your bucket list items. Gee, I don't know. I still have, like, a pipe dream that I'll, like, direct a film one day, but so far I have done literally nothing to make that happen. (laughs) Uh, So, what you know, if I ever go within 100 feet of a camera one day, maybe I'll do that What's your favorite road trip album? Uh, I should probably think about this now. We're going to be on the road. I mean, yeah, you know, that's that's one of the reasons why I love the Beatles. You can always just put on a put on a Beatles thing and go through. What would be a good road trip album? Something really long. 
yeah i don't know i mean i usually on the road i'll want to listen to really like loud stuff if i'm if it's late at night yeah i hate driving when i'm tired yeah i feel really insane um uh, coming home from like sled the other day or you know last two months ago i had i was ended up alone like nobody needed a ride back on the thursday because nobody's going back on the Thursday. yeah yeah but i had to work the next day so i'm like trying to stay awake and it's all foggy and i'm so tired so i put on some sinatra and i was just singing along really <laughs> loud uh so it's good nobody else was in the car frankly yeah. all right jim i got one last question for you before we say goodbye mm-hmm. If you could hang out with one of your musical idols, would you? The more I think about this, I think maybe not, because I'll probably just ruin it, or it'll, <laughs> you know, either they'll break the the illusion, or I will. You know what I mean? It's kind of good to keep a bit of distance, or at least to 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 you know, if you're gonna be pals, make it slowly, 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 because like I don't know, yeah, I think it might just they might just ruin it. Nice. Yeah. All right, Jim, that is all I got for you. But we usually end the episode by playing one of your tracks. And I was wondering which one off of Crawl we should uh, leave the listeners with. Uh, I don't know. How about the title track? I'm quite fond of that, how that turned out. Perfect. Here it is. Thank you so much for joining me on Inside the Artist Studio. Thanks for having me, Ben.
Cups and Cakes Presents is produced by Jeff McCallum. The feature track was played with permission from John Common. Undercurrents from Atlantis Jazz Ensemble's album Oceanic Suite is the background music throughout the entire episode. Oceanic Suite is available through Ottawa's Marlowe Records. Find out more at MarlowRecords.com. Inside the Other Studio is one of many ways the Cups and Cakes Network highlights Canadian music. Visit our website, CupsandCakesPod.com, to browse our audio, video, and written content. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. Thanks for listening.